How y'all doing? Good, good. My name's Tom. Hello, 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 hello. Thank you. That really does help. That really does help. So I don't know if you remember, but about three weeks ago, I was standing up here, and I was I was reading out of John 15, 4 and 5, and the only reason I remember that is because I got about halfway through what I was going to say, and I said, I could say more, but, but that's enough for now. And I, and I let it go, but I'm still there. John 14 and 5, and I got to tell you, John 15, 4 and 5, the last few weeks, it's just what, what I wanted to say is morphed. It's gotten, it's gotten a little different, but it, it, it all ties. So looking at John 15, verse 4 and 5, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. This is Jesus speaking. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So as I'm thinking about this a few weeks ago and it starts to morph, this, we can't bear fruit unless we abide in the vine. But what about the vine? What does the vine do if we don't bear fruit? In and of itself, you just have a vine. We are needed. We, the branches, are the ones that bear the fruit. And we can't bear the fruit on our own. We need each other. That's our purpose. That's the branch's purpose, to bear fruit. Pastor John, these past few weeks, been talking about power, the power of God, power. I have to read out of this book. I have to just go away and read for a second. The book is called Abide in Me. It's by Andrew, by Andrew Murray. I got, I got a hat tip to Buddy Shackley and Susanna Shackley because they put me onto this book. You need to hear this. It's a strong, strong sentence. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is indeed the mighty power of God. The Holy Spirit is indeed the mighty power of God. And he comes to us, be ready for this, from the heart of Christ. He comes to us through the heart of Christ. The Holy Spirit, the bearer of Christ's life, the revealer and the communicator of Christ himself within us, the Holy Spirit. He is the bond of fellowship between the Father and the Son. By Him, they are one. Above all, He, the Holy Spirit, is the bond of fellowship between Christ and believers, us. He is the life sap through which the vine and branch grow into real and living oneness the Holy Spirit, there's your power. The Holy Spirit, the mighty power of God, the sap between the vine and the branches. And he's in us. Amen. Thank you. Let's all rise. God, Lord, we thank you so much for who you are and all you've done, Jesus, that we can abide in you and bear the fruit that you so longingly desire. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Last week, uh, Michael Blanchard came up to me and he goes, the Lord spoke to me about something and so I feel like I'm supposed to share it sometime, you know, and maybe next Sunday. And I said, I'll pray about it. And uh, this morning I walked up to him. I said, you know, Michael, not this week. I'm not, I don't think it's supposed to be this week. We're just going to, you know, maybe next week. Well, we'll see. He goes, I don't care when. He says, if the Lord, if he, if it, if he yes, yes, if not, no. So he goes, no problem, no worries. So after the second song, the Holy Spirit says, have Michael come up and share what he was going to share. So, Michael, why don't you come on up? Worship team, stay where you are if you would. 
just want to say thank you to all of you. There's good worship here. I always want to say thank you to you because it's not just them. That's hard to find. Okay? We've been talking about um, <clears throat> a little hot. Okay, I'll try and keep it closer. I got a little bit of a voice, so I'm going to drink coffee while we're Good. Coffee is in heaven. Been talking about the parts of one body for some weeks here. And I always think, like, what kind of part of the body? Some of you are so beautiful, like, part of the body to look at. And we just all look at you and we go, oh, you're just nice to look at. And then there's other people like us. And I always think, like, what kind of part of the body? I'm like an armpit hair or a nose hair or. If Jim was here, he'd probably say I was a stretch mark. Like, Jim's not here. Is Jim here? He'd probably be shouting that out. Now, any of you go take a shower and you're taking care of your own personal business, however you do that, and you see one of those little things show up and it's new, pray for me. Right? And you say, oh, I'm going to pray for Michael because he has no idea what he's doing. Lord did share with me some things over two days. Um, I went to bed one night and he had shared with me a fair amount and I was like, wow, all right, cool. And I woke up and literally the, I don't even know if before I opened my eyes and he was already talking. And at a certain point I went, I'm gonna, it's gonna drop out the other side. I'm gonna forget. And he's like, write it down. <laughs> okay. So I have a couple things here that I have to say specifically just exactly the way the Lord gave them to me. And, uh, and I'll try to go a little quickly here. But for somebody here, this is just like the Lord knows your name and free of charge, okay? There's some things in life you don't do, like not being a jerk in the drive-thru when somebody's making your food. Another is... Don't tick off a praying mama. Somebody needs to rethink twice. God's given you a chance. Okay, a little lighter. I think it's funny how God's gonna use a non-musical guy. I'm not a musician. I don't have any other skills that all these wonderful people do. <clears throat> I can't sing. Who's on the worship team? Who else? Who, besides everybody here? I, I need to see you. You have played, you do play, you're gonna play. It's a little bit in the shadows, don't be like, oh, me. All right. And of you, anybody other than Isaac and Brian, who's a drummer? Any drummers? Sorry, I'm a little, right here? Okay, awesome. Perfect. Anybody else? Did I miss? Are you a drummer? It's perfect because I wrote down she. I was I thought there was one. Actually the Lord thought there was one. I didn't think anything. So the Lord wants to admonish us as a body today. It's for us, it's for the people, RVFM if you will greater valley but what he wants to do in this valley he does nothing outside of worship everywhere God has gone on is always worship and you cannot communicate the father you cannot communicate the son it's interesting we're saying that one you cannot communicate via his spirit without worship and if he's going to communicate to the valley who he is He's got to go somewhere where he can inhabit the praises of his people. Right? That's not a performance by a bunch of paid people on stage and lights and smoke and fog. And it's anointing from an authentic spirit of worship where people come to bring a gift before him and offering not just cash, but our soul to say, you are worthy. 
We're worthy in all things. All things. All things. Good, bad, in the middle. They're like a little dead zone. I gotta stay in my stay in my lane. Okay. You worshipers, this is gonna be a little bit tailored to you, but it's for everybody. All you people I saw raising your hands and all you fine people. I just wanna look at all your eyes. I'm gonna look right into your soul. You are a part of the body that is unique. It's not better, it's not worse. But you who present the Lord and lead us through worship, if you drop me a little bit, then I can walk around a little bit and I'll try and hold it close. I'll try and touch my chin. Um, God is spirit. And he seeks those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. John 4, 23, 24 says this. He doesn't want perfection. Worship is not about delivering perfection and it's not about giving perfection. It's about giving devotion. If he wanted perfection, Leviticus 21 would still be in play. 2121, you could look this up later. It says a man without a defect is the one who's going to offer bread. If you have a defect, a single defect, you cannot offer the bread before the Lord your God. And Jesus came along and said, I am the face of my Father. I am the bread, and I give it to you imperfect people. Right? He gave it to us. The people who were devoted to him. Because there are a lot of people in Jerusalem that were devoted to all kinds of stuff. But he only gave it to those who were devoted to him. We have to be devoted to him. Right? Drummers, people ask, people ask you, can you keep time? Right? I'm going to submit to you that it's such a, it's such a worldly question, really. The Holy Spirit is outside of time. The way that God communicates to us, if he comes and talks to us, he has to come inside of something that it, we define as time. We're the ones who live with the sun, the moon, the stars, the seasons. We're the ones who live with time. God is timeless. And in order to communicate to us, he needs to do so through time. He is timeless. Right? Where's your dad? Is he around? Right here. Yeah. Uh -huh. Now look at him too. He can get the, he can go record it. I can't receive the fullness of the Lord in my flesh. This. I stepped on the scale today. I've got 324 pounds of distribution. <laughs> I can't contain one ounce of the authentic spirit of the living God. It would be like bleach on poison. This flesh, this stuff, all the stuff that you're, the temple's in the inside, right? His spirit doesn't strive with our flesh forever. The name man, it was given when God made Adam. He made him from the dust of the ground. He called him man. We're of the dust of the ground, this stuff. And the only way God can communicate to us is through time. 
Moses was with God constantly. He literally became the first human light bulb. Right? Any 80-year-old guys around here can hoof two stone on their back, scale a mountain, not eat for 40 days, not drink for 40 days? I'd like to talk to you if you could. You're in, the God, you're in God's presence. There is strength and vitality when you're in God's presence. When you're in his presence, Moses' eyes were bright. They were not dim. His strength was not abated. Movies always showed him like an old man. That's not how it was. He was like ready to, anyway, stay on topic. God has placed this church perfectly in this valley to communicate the sound of his voice and rhythm of his spirit in a manner in which we can perceive of him. You know, you understand that, drummers? You don't just keep time. You convey the Spirit of God in a pulsed format so that my flesh doesn't explode when I come in contact with Him. The space between beats allows my flesh to not overheat. When you come in contact with the Spirit of the living God. Okay? Understand? Double check in here. When you guys devote yourself to the presence of the Lord, the presence of the Lord, you can affect the, you can change the wars that we fight. Understand that? You can change the wars, the outcome of the wars that are being fought every week, every time you play, every note. If you pick up the presence of the Lord. Or you could just play yourself and I could be no different than the way I came in. Right? If we were going forward, we just kind of put it in neutral there, right? Don't worry, it'll get worse. We'll go in reverse for a second. <laughs> John 4. 23, 24, I said it before. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The Lord would admonish all of us today to not try and worship before him with another spirit or with a lie. How could that happen? I'm not going to really look at anybody. That's why I'm looking at my book. I know what I'm supposed to say. What spirit are you devoted to? That's a question the Lord wants to know from you. Music from the evil one, where you start to play the sounds designed to exalt pride, anger, and desire for the world? Are you devoted to that spirit? Do you believe the lie spread by the father of lies that all the good music comes from him? Do you even come before him to present worship that came from his iniquity-filled self? Music runs, threads, notes, melodies. Do you grab that and try and offer that before the Lord? Okay. We'll put a break on the reverse gear. Okay. Yahweh created Lucifer. Right? Yahweh created Lucifer. All music, rhythm, 
all came from him. Not Lucifer. Lucifer and Jesus are not equal. Lucifer is created. God created him perfectly, Job says. Right? All he's doing is putting the worship on himself, away from God. But God made all of the good music. All of it. He's got stuff Lucifer doesn't even know about. It's a secret. We get to experience that later. He doesn't even know about it. Just like she. Almost done. This church has a very participatory responsibility and man, for the, how long have I been here? Six years, seven years, I don't know, something. And I've always been like, we've talked about that. If they stop, you still go. That's just rare. It's just rare. You're bringing an offering of worship. Somebody walked on this floor <clears throat> and brought dust in from the ground. There's dirt on this floor. Somebody's shoes were made from the dirt. We bow our knee and we surrender. And we give God everything that we are. And praise and abject surrender. And we say, Lord, I want to tell you something intimate and personal. We do this in our homes, on our carpets, in our quiet places. And when we lay prostrate and we get down before him and we say, you're holy, you're worthy. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the breath of life. There's no one like you. There's a part of what we're doing that says, I can't wait until my flesh trades this corruptible to the dust of the ground and goes and rises up before him in a new place where he is. Most of you know me. I don't want to go there because my loved ones are there. We, my late wife and I, we both wanted to go there because Jesus is there. And worship of him will be constant. Like it won't even have the spaces that we have to endure right now between the moments. It'll be constant. Do you understand that church in this valley? The Lord wants this valley to know him. We got we to gotta show people and teach people how to know him. And part of that is through our worship. It's so important. And what happens today? Why is there so much distraction? All the devil cares about is that we take our eyes off him. We don't worship him. Mm. You can't bring another spirit to him. You can't worship before him, believing a lie. You and I have to come before him with himself grown in us. And he desires the fruit of his spirit in our lives and no other. Checking. I get everything. Almost. He said I missed one thing. That's why I had to write it down.
Oh, yeah. Okay, that's good. Summary. This word, this is his heart for all of us about our role in his purpose for this valley at this time. are the ancient of days. You are holy from time to time. Father God, we do thank you for worship. We do thank you that you created the ability for us to worship you. And Father, we thank you for this awesome worship team that you've given us here, that you've blessed us with. Father, we thank you that we have the opportunity to sing and worship you at all time. In Jesus' name, amen. Was an awesome word, Michael. Thank you so much, and thank you, worship team. We all second. We do have an awesome worship team for a church our size. For you, know, you can go, you can go anywhere, and this worship team is is second to no one. But praise God, praise God for what He's put together here, here for us. Amen. I'm going to do the uh, the offering first, and then we have a few announcements. So please bear with me. Um, I'm going to start off with a little disclaimer. Um, my first few comments do not necessarily represent the leadership of River Valley Christian Church or River Valley Fellowship of Miss Ministries. Right. So now that I've got your attention, uh, you know we're we're in the second half of the year, right? And so at the end of the quarter, like many of us, I I started looking at my portfolio and positions in the market and recent past performances. And uh, to me, it's simply amazing how we've gone from a strong, robust economy with little inflation, strong leadership, and yes, some mean and insensitive tweets along the way. <laughs> We've gone in stumbling into recession, record-breaking inflation, weak leadership, and all outward-facing blame, taking no responsibility for bad policies. Okay? So that was me. Having said that, as I was wallowing in this angst, you know, related to a first-world problem in the natural God caused me to stumble onto uh, this teaching from one of my favorite teachers, Barry Bennett. So I'm gonna read it in its entirety, it's about three or four minutes. But it really, the Lord really used it to give me some perspective, all right? So here we go, it's entitled, You Have Enough. Do you believe that you have enough to live the abundant life? Some might say, enough what? All I see is lack. All I feel is my affliction. When we understand how the kingdom works, we will realize that more than enough for every need is available right now. The problem is our focus. If I could give one word of counsel that would fit every possible situation and challenge, it would be this. Stop focusing on your need and start recognizing your seed. It isn't our need that deserves our focus, time, and attention. Most of us, when challenged by a negative circumstance, sickness, or need, focus on that need. We take every thought captive to the need. We meditate on it day and night. We talk about it to others. Our lives revolve around the problem and the pain. The disciples were frequently guilty of this. When Jesus saw the multitude following him with no food, he turned to his disciples and said, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them to me. Like most of us, they responded by focusing on the need. We have only. What we see will determine how we live. If we can only see lack, need, pain, and failure, that will be our focus. If we approach every challenge with the phrase, I have only, 
our futures will reflect apparent limitations. If we can shift our focus to the resources of God within us, everything changes. Philemon 1.6 says that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Within the heart of every believer, there exists the divine resources to change our destinies. Our resources are not impacted by the natural world and our circumstances, although sometimes we, we only see that, right? Our resources are spiritual and far more powerful than the natural afflictions that surround us. This is a good part. I like this the best. Our resources are the seeds of God's grace. They include his name, his word, his covenant, his blood, his spirit, his gifts, his promises, his armor, his keys, his authority, his faith, his joy, and his peace. So that's a lot of resources, amen? We often feel so overwhelmed with our circumstances that we may not even believe that these resources lie within each born-again heart. But they do, and they must be sown as seeds. If we could simply open our spiritual eyes and recognize the wealth of God's seeds within us, we would be on the road to victory. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is as a man scattering seed on the ground. We are all sowing seed. The question is, what seed are we sowing? Stop focusing on our need and start recognizing our seed. Amen? So what I got out of this after I quit um, being overwhelmed by it was this means we need to recognize that God is the source of everything good in our lives. We say that a lot here because it's true. It is true. He is the source of everything good in our lives. And as he leads us to give, he has promised that we have bread for food and seed to sow. As King David said in Psalm 37, 25, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken nor his descendants begging bread. Amen? That is something we can hold on to. We can hold on to that because God has promised us that he will give us bread for food and seed to sow. We need to focus on having enough and extra. Like we've said before, having just enough is selfish because it doesn't take other people into account. Having enough and extra, the extra gives us the opportunity to bring other people up with us. Amen? Amen. So the um, various ways we can give are, are up all the time. Uh, give online, give in the box in the back, bring it to the church office, mail it in, and praise God for faithful offerings. God is doing a great work here. And, um, Father God, we do thank you that you have given us so many resources especially in our spiritual realm, but also in our natural realm, if we really take a look at it. And Father, we ask that you would lead us in how to give. Those, those things that are in the word we give by understanding, but give us direction in how to give over and above that. And Father, we thank you for each gift, each giver. And Father, we, we ask that it will be used to sow the kingdom in the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we have a few announcements. Uh, Pastor Nate's going to come and talk about uh, backpacks for the St. Paul Church. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for... Um, first of all, I want to thank everyone for that has donated and has given to the outreach down in St. Paul. We have a little more details now of what we're going to do. Starting on August 6th, um, at 10, from 10 to 1, we're going to fill the bags at the church in St. Paul. So there's about 100 we, we have to fill it. So um, there will be a sign-up sheet. It's out, be out at the information table out there. And then going forward, get doing the backpack giveaway, we're looking for volunteers to help. Um, what the Lord has told us is that we need to t use the School of Evangelism as a tool to distribute the backpacks. So 
the church will be open from 10 to 2. We're looking for volunteers again to on Saturday and Sunday for the three weeks following the 13th, the 20th, and the 27th. Those three Saturdays and the Sunday following from 10 to 2. Um, and the people will come into the church. They will receive prayer if they want to, they receive a word, whatever it is. Um, so we need ministry teams. We need people that are willing to work in the parking lot. We need people that are willing to um, just stand there and hand out backpacks. So there'll be a sign-up sheet out in the back. And it's interesting that Brian used this, uh, the verses about the loaves and the fishes today because that's what the Lord told me about this giveaway is that it's going to be a miracle just like the loaves and the fishes that we will sow but we will have more than left over than what we started with to sow again. So again, I thank you for all, all you guys for helping out and signing up. The sign-up sheet will be at the information table, and I'll be back there to answer questions or whatever. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Pastor Nate. Awesome opportunity to reach out to the folks in East St. Paul. Um, we also have a new... Wednesday night uh, class starting here with this Wednesday. And so Brian Walsh will come up and, and present about that. Yeah, thanks, Brian. That was a powerful word. And also Mike, correct? Okay, Mike, that was a very powerful word. So thank you. Um, and you are right. There is a lot of beautiful people here. It's kind of distracting a little bit. <laughs> no. Um, so uh, I... Uh, when I was coming up with uh, what class I wanted to teach, Pastor John asked me um, to teach a class. Um, I uh, immediately, Spirit, Soul, and Body came into my mind. It's uh, actually a book by Andrew Womack. And um, if you're a Karis student, you're familiar with it. It's pretty much the foundation of everything that's done at Karis Bible College. Um, as soon as we get there, I think it's Mike and Carrie Pickett teaches Spirit, Soul, and Body. Andrew teaches on it. And then um, I even actually ended up teaching a message on it in school. But um, um, just to kind of give you my heart and some stories behind why I'm teaching this class. Um, so it was uh, last year, February or March. Um, it was second semester of, of my second year. I was about to graduate. And um, I'm, I'm kind of overly intellectual at times. And I was uh, going to buy the book of, on Romans by Andrew in the bookstore. And um, it's just a really big deep dive into the minutia in the Greek on, um, on grace. And so I went in there to buy it. And I was uh, walking up to grab the book, and the Holy Spirit just completely blocked me. And I was like, well, this is weird. It was like a, a force. And so then I went and I looked, and like it was almost like spirit, soul, and body, and then another book called Staying Full of God were, were highlighted. They were just highlighted in front of me, and I almost felt an anointing on them. And I was like, spirit, soul, and body, I've like... I've taught on that. I know this book, you know. This is basic stuff. And uh, he, I, I just felt like I needed to buy it, so I bought it. And then I went to buy Reach for Romans again, and he blocked me again. And I was like, okay. So um, I, uh, I finally read. That was the first time I actually read the book, um, Spirit, Soul, and Body. And when I read it, I've never in my entire life gotten a greater revelation from reading a book than when I read that book. And, and then, he, again, he told me to bring it to Minnesota, and just when I, after I got here, he told me to read it again, so I read it again, and the same thing happened. I just got full of life and just this revelation. And so uh, to fast forward a little bit, um, Justin and I were praying um, before a church service, I believe it was in Prescott, and there was a little five-year-old boy um, that his grandma brought in and said, this little boy needs, he needs prayer. He's got seizures going on and all kinds of stuff. Will you guys lay your hands on him? So we were like, yeah. So we walked in there. And um, started laying our hands on him. And as soon as my hand hit his head, I just became overwhelmed with compassion to the point that every time I touched him, I just wanted to start snot weeping. And that's never happened to me before. And I was like, and I just kept taking it away because I didn't want to wail in front of everybody. And I was like, so finally I just said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, I want you to release my healing anointing in him right now. And I was like, Okay, so I, I put my hand on him, and the cool thing about kids is they don't fake and they don't play, and this kid like went down to the ground like this, and I was like, whoa, and um, so I kind of, I asked the Lord, what's, what's up with that, and he said that, uh, um, and he ironically gave me the verse that um, Brian read in his offering message, uh, Philemon 1.6, that is, may the 
um, the communication of your faith become effectual by acknowledging every good thing that's in you. And what was happening when I was reading Spirit, Soul, and Body, I was starting to acknowledge what was in me, Christ in me, the hope of glory, Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. Jesus, the healer, was inside of me, and that started to become revelation to me. And so, kind of to break that down, um, it, and this lines up exactly with what Pastor John's been preaching about the last couple months, is power. Um, the communication, may the communication of our faith become effectual. Communication doesn't, I used to think that just meant orally, like when I witnessed to people and preached the gospel to them, but communication can be power as well. And that becomes effectual. How does that become effectual? By acknowledging every good thing that's in us. The Spirit of God dwells inside of us. And I've never read a book outside of Scripture that brings that to light um, and brings that out more than spirit, soul, and body. Um, so, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. So I'm, I'm going to finish. It's uh, August 3rd through the 24th, um, four weeks, um, starting this Wednesday um, at 6 p.m. So, um, if any of you guys are interested in having some oh my god moments, um, OMG moments, um, I'd like hope to see you there. Thank you. All right, thank you, Brian. Yes, uh, there's so much confusion in the body of Christ about uh, spirit, soul, and body. This, this book really clears it up. Amen. Father God, we do thank you. We thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for everything that you've given us. And Father, we thank you that uh, we look forward in anticipation for what Pastor John has for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Me too. Because <laughs> it's only changed about a six times today already from uh, the time I woke up. Just wanted to start with this verse. The 1 Corinthians chapter 14, begin with verse 26. Um, says, what then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. And I just this is more of an just as an explanation. Um, I know there's always new people coming and new people stopping in, or people you haven't been here all that long, um, and just wondering, okay, why does it? You know, this is not like a, a, a normal church you know it's not going to look a normal church service where you know you sing your three songs and then the pastor comes up and preaches and then you receive an offering and then you sing another song and you go home um there there are things things flow and if you notice things flow and and, and there, we do that on purpose um i endeavor every day to be led by the spirit and to hear his voice do what he wants to do as he as he does it and and so that's why uh you know many times uh, brian is in charge of all the all the announcements and everything he'll come up to me before the service he goes when are we doing offering i went i don't know I have no idea. Let's shoot for this part of the service, but it may change. And it did again today. It changed. And, and uh, you know, the, Jamie will say, well, I've got this many songs, and we've got so on and so forth. But we want to be led by the Spirit. And there's a way to do a gathering like this where, where as we're led by the Spirit, God will say exactly what he wants to say. Now, this morning, I mean, I, I have been preaching a, a series on power, and that's been great. I've been, I've been enjoying it and everything, but this morning, the Lord took me in a different direction, and I'm like, okay, am I starting a new series? He goes, I know, you're just, this morning, this is what he started talking to me about, and I was like, I, I don't, I don't. Okay, so I just started meditating on that and was praying about it, and and uh, and then uh, I remember that Michael had uh, had shared with me. He goes, "Hey, he says I've got something. I don't know where it fits in. I don't know when it fits in, but just be led." And and I was praying. I was like, "No, I don't. You know, I know he gave, gave me an idea of what it was. I was like, no, it's really not for today. And I know where the Lord's leading me, and and so on. And and then we get. I told him that when we first got here, I said, "Not this week." I said, "Maybe you know next week." And he goes, "Whatever. You know, I'm fine. It's not like I have to." do anything it's just the, here, here it is it's like i've got this available and then like i said three after the third song the holy spirit said now have you know let him give him a song to get ready and come up here and hear what god said man i mean that's that blessed me blessed us as a body but he said something in the middle of it where i just i started to laugh to myself because he says god exists outside of time god exists outside of time and, and he says, but, and, but he comes into time to, to, to relate to us. And I just started laughing, because that's what the Holy Spirit's been talking to me about this morning, was time. 
And I'm going to go into my sermon here in just a second. I don't have much time, and so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll pray for an expansion of time. But, but then as he's sharing that, I'm just like, well, look what God's doing. God is speaking. And so and, and as, as uh, Brian was doing the announcements and everything everybody's doing, uh, the Holy Spirit says, I, you know, he says, encourage people to go back and listen to this service again. You, you don't know what you didn't, what you missed. You're not, you don't know what you missed. Listen to it again. Listen to it online. Maybe a couple times this week. Re-listen to it. There's stuff that God wants to say and is saying to us by the body. See, that's the, that's the part this verse is talking to is it's not just me. This, this church is not about me. This church is about him. He uses people. He uses the body to minister, and the more he uses, I mean, praise God, Brian, or uh, he, he's Brian, uh, uh, Michael came up and, and, and shared because we got something this morning fresh from the, from the throne of God. Amen. Amen? It's important. So when God wants to use you, be, be obedient to it. Now go over with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. This is the core verse. It's actually way down in my notes, but it's the core of what God wants to say this morning. And I just, I feel like I'm supposed to start with this. And I'm going to preface this also, not with a disclaimer like Brian gave, but this, this, we do stand behind what I'm about to say. And Second uh, uh, Peter chapter 3, um, but there are people in this room right now, you need to hear this. And that's what the Holy Spirit was saying to me, to me this morning, that, the, that you need to hear this. There's things that are going on in your life, and you're wondering why. Why is it this way? Why is it that way? And, and he, you need to hear this. Second Peter chapter 3, begin with verse 9. I read out of the ESV, the uh, excellent standard version, uh, English, English standard version. And it says this, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Let me just read it once again. This is, this is the core. We'll get there. This is the core. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. The Lord is not slow. The Lord is not slow. Now, there's, I, I believe there's a number of people that, are, that the Lord is speaking to with this verse right now. Because there's things you've been believing for. Things that you've been standing for. Things that you have been hoping for. And it's not happening yet. It seems like it may never happen. It may seem like, it may seem like uh, you know, what is God doing to me? Why does he keep dangling this carrot out in front of me? Why is it taking so long? Why am I not seeing it? Why am I not experiencing it? I know this is what the word says. I know I've been standing by faith for this promise. But why is it taking so long? You know, and I, and I thought, and as I was meditating on this this morning, I thought about, you know, uh, as a child, I remember, you know, those of you who sat in, in a classroom and watched the end of the day clock ticking <laughs> towards the end of the, you know, the last bell. I mean, it was, it was painful some days. And then as you get older, you know, whole years pass by in a blink. I mean, my goodness, it's July 31st, folks. I won't say what comes next. The summer. It's July 31st. Over half of the year is done. Which, which is, like I say, there's all kinds of connections with what God was saying this morning. You need to come back and listen to this sermon a couple times because God's going to speak to you over and over through it. Because there's a whole bunch of connections. We were doing our, our, I'm doing the daily reading, the one year read through the Bible with, with whoever else is doing it. With, and today we were in Isaiah. And in Isaiah, he was talking, you know, Isaiah was prophesying and he's talking about the end. And that's where we're going to go next here in a second. Because as he's talking about that, he's talking about the end is coming. But it's, it's not yet. 
And we talked about that months ago. We're, it's not yet. We're, we're still in the middle of doing His perfect will on the earth. But sometimes it feels like it takes forever. It's way too slow, especially for young people. I keep coming back over here because I, it's, it's, especially for young people, it feels like, when is this ever going to happen? And especially Kairos. I don't know why. But ever since the beginning of the service, it's just, it's like, I just keep being drawn to you. You need to hear. You need to hear. God's not slow. He's not slow. It's going to be right on time. Perfect time. Perfect timing. Perfect timing, right on time. But he's not the only one. There are more. I just know there's, there's, there are promises that we've been trying to hold on to and, and walk in, but it seems like it's taking forever. All right, go to, go to Isaiah chapter 65. Isaiah 65. Beginning with verse 17. This was right in the middle of our daily reading today. If you're, if you haven't, if you're not doing the daily reading, you should be. Should be reading the Bible every day. Get in the Word. I don't talk about it every week. At the beginning, I talk about it every Sunday. People get tired of it. But in the middle, don't try to catch up. Don't try to start in Genesis and catch up to, to the middle. Just start today. Just start today. It's in the, we just, actually, Jeremiah is tomorrow. We're going to get into Jeremiah tomorrow. So don't start, don't try to start with, you know, Leviticus. Please, it'll kill you. It'll kill you. You got to pace yourself. Isaiah 65, verse 17 says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come into mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in that which I create, for I behold, or for behold, I create Jerusalem to be a joy and her people to be righteous, or to be in gladness. Sorry, I'm, I'm reading ahead. Verse 19. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. No more shall be heard it in it the sound of weeping and the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days or an old man who does, <clears throat> does not fulfill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old and the, the sinner a hundred years shall be accursed. Well, that's kind of a bummer, but you know. Verse 22, go to uh, chapter 66, one, one chapter over. These two verses, or these two sets of verses tie together. He repeats himself in Isaiah 66, verse 22. For as the new heavens and the new earth that I make shall remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain. For new moon to new moon, and from Sabbath to Sabbath, all flesh shall come and worship me before me, declares the Lord. I read those verses today, and it just, it just, it just started to, to formulate, just got deeper and deeper. He's, he's talking about the, the end is coming. The, the, we, we talked about that early in the year. The end is coming, but the end is not the end. The end is just the beginning. The end is going back to the beginning and doing what we were supposed to do when Adam and Eve were created on the earth and fulfilling the plan and purpose of God on the earth. But it's going to be a new earth. My favorite sermon ever, I've seen, you know, some of you have heard me say this, and my favorite sermon, the first, my, you know, other than all of Pastor Dan's, my favorite sermon I have ever heard was Miles Monroe. Anybody who knows Dr. Miles Monroe is a phenomenal teacher, phenomenal man of God. Uh, passed away now, but he was phenomenal. And he preached a, a sermon called The Kingdom of Ignorant Kings. And he goes, I'm going to say some things this morning that are going to tick you off. Number one, you're not a Christian. He said that. He said, number one, you're not a Christian. I'm going to just leave it there. You guys can try to figure that out later. Maybe I'll tell you sometime. Find, find the, it's actually online. You can find it online. The Kingdom of Ignorant Kings. You're not a Christian. Number two, we're not going to heaven. Talk about messing with you. <laughs> he says, we're not going to heaven. Number three, we're not going to the end. We're going back to the beginning. 
He said God had a plan when he created the heavens and the earth and he filled the earth with man and with all the stuff. There was a purpose to fill all of creation with the glory of God. Adam screwed it up. Adam and Eve screwed it up and we've all screwed it up all the way through. But now Jesus came and there's been a redemption process to bring about a population of people who can go back to the beginning, back to the the new earth, back to the rebuild, and, and then begin to do what he said and fill the whole creation with the glory of God. But we're going back to the end. And so talking about this new earth, this new heaven and this new earth, it's really cool. If you want to study out something really fun, now it's not, you know, I mean, salvation is the most important thing you'll ever study. Faith, healing, blessings of God, all grace, all of those things. But if you want to, you know, also kind of, kind of like for dessert, for dessert, study out the new heaven and the new earth. There's a description of it. It's awesome. It's really cool. And in it, the fullness of God without sin. Without sin. Now, what, you, know, you might say, well, could I, could I possibly sin there? We opened up a portal into another world. And there are people... For those of you who are watching online, you just go, what was that? I don't know. Why is he saying that? Because you can't hear that on through the mics. There is a new... <laughs> I don't know where I was. Where was I? Yeah, yeah, cool place. New heaven, new earth, really cool. Okay, you can go there. Okay, so I'm reading this today, and I start thinking about these verses. Go down now, go to Second Peter. We're going somewhere on purpose, really we are. Second Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 1. 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, says, This is now the second letter that I am writing to you, beloved. In both of them I am stirring you up, or stirring your sincere mind in way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and of the commandment of the Lord and the Savior that you, through your apostles, knowing this first all, that scoffers will come in the last days with scoffing, following their own sinful desires, they will say, where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation." Just look around you folks. Come on. There's, there's no God. There's no there. And we know for billions and billions of years. It just continues on. Yeah, scoffers. Scoffers will come and they'll say there is no God. Why? How do I know? Because I've never seen him. Nobody's ever seen him. Nobody, you know, well, they also are ignoring Jesus because people have seen him. He purposefully said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He did come, but they're scoffers. They're not going to listen to truth. They're not going to listen to, to Scripture. They're not going to listen. They need to see Jesus. They need to see God like the people of Jesus' time saw God through us. Through us. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Now you're lights. Now you're the light of the world. We need to become lights everywhere that we go. All right. Verse 5. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. And that by, by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and, per, and perished. If you want to spend, and, and really, I mean, I'm, I'm talking, these, these scriptures are so packed. I can't possibly talk about all of it. Those two scriptures are so full of meat. Read those things. Meditate on them. It's powerful. I can't talk about it. Verse 7. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But do not, this is verse 8, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. He's outside of time. He is not governed by time. That's why I'm laughing. I was just I'm reading this. I'm going, I know where God, what God wants to talk about. He is, his promises are yes 
and we say amen to those promises. And it's not governed by time. It's not governed by what we understand. We have to understand that the God of all the, the, the God of angel armies, the God of, of all heaven, the, what, we, what we were worshiping and singing this morning, that God is outside of, well, I have a time schedule and it's going to happen within this way or I'm not going to be happy. Well, what if I'm old? What if I get really, really old, like 30, and it still hasn't happened? <laughs> God can make one day seem like a thousand years. But he can also make a thousand years seem like a day. Because he's outside of time. And if we hook up with his and be patient in him, we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Amen? The Lord, verse 9, here we are, we got there. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. When is the end going to come? I hope it's not for a long, long time. What about the verses that say, come quickly, Lord Jesus? (laughs) Yeah, both. But I'm hoping, because the longer he, he, he tarries in coming back, the more people don't perish for eternity in hell. Because we're going to do our part. We're doing our part. We're preaching the gospel. And they need, he's, he's seen that and he's, he's, he's bringing about repentance, but it takes time. Verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done on it would be exposed. I used to get really nervous and scared about that as a kid here reading those verses. It'll be exposed and it'll be burnt up in a roar. You know, okay, we're going to be safe. We're going to be in him. Don't worry about that. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, here, here, here we are, here we are. What sort of people ought we be? What sort of people ought you be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God? Because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will, will melt as they burn. But, verse 13, but according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. We have a purpose here. That purpose will be fulfilled as we be obedient. If you want God's will, God's will will absolutely, 100%, totally, in the right time, will be fulfilled. It will be fulfilled. Every, everything he's put in your heart, your heart, everything that he has said he's going to do through you, everything that he says in his word, it will be done in his timing. Don't worry about time. Just worry about, or not worry, just be faithful. Get up every morning. Say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do today? I'm in. Because he can take that time and stretch it to fulfill everything in it that God said he's going to do. 24 churches in the next, having a network of 24 churches in five years. You can sit there and go, I've been tempted a couple times. Time-wise, that means a church every three months. Da, 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 da. How does that happen? I don't. I'm. I'm really. I'm joking about that because I don't care. It's not my promise. It's His promise. It's His promise. It's His command. It's His desire. It's what He wants to do, and He will fulfill it. He's not short. He's not. He's not taking too long. He's right on time. He's right on time for you. He's right on time for you. He's right on time. That thing you've been praying for, believing for, standing for, he's right on time. He's right on time. You will see it in the land of the living. Amen? Let's stand. And look at that. Woo! Right on time. Hallelujah. Oh, quit it, quit it, quit it. God is good, isn't he? It's fun. Good. 
See, all the time, yeah, all the time, amen. <laughs> Father, we do thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Thank you for that. You're right on time, and we can hold on to you and just be confident in the fact that you are accomplishing everything you've called about to do according to your will. But we just want to be a part of it, Lord. We just want to be there and see what you're doing and be a part of what you're doing and, and to obey you at every turn. We thank you for it. Father, I pray a blessing over this whole congregation and everybody watching online, everybody who couldn't be here on vacation, wherever they are, bless them, Father. Protection and safety and provision. Everything they need according to your riches and glory. Thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.